0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of Points and Penalties. We'd like to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts Peter, Jesse, and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Well, guys, I'm having uh, what they call the Crazy Canuck lager. It's a uh, 4.8%, and I believe it's uh, brewed right out of here in Waterloo. Pretty cool. I like the logo weak though. Yeah. It's not about you know the strength every now and then man. It's all about taste.
2: You were up there though. You were up there with the best of us.
1: Uh I can't carry on with the IPA. I mean <laughs> it's all good but
0: hey, at least you're still going craft not going bush.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's that's positive. It is a positive. So Pedro, what you have drinking? Yeah Kev,
3: thanks. I'm drinking a Magnata Brewery. Shook IPA. It's a 6.5%, which on a normal day might have been a good, uh, good front runner, but I think uh, our buddy here uh, going away from the beard today might have me beat. Yeah, it's uh, True North all natural since 1996. Apparently a Brewery of the Year winner. I don't know when, but it's pretty good. Jesse, what are you drinking?
2: I'm drinking Armored and citra it's a dry popped uh, pale ale it's from Reinhard brewing and it's just a 5.2 bitch yep but it's uh it's pretty citrusy right now it's different from
3: the regular ones that i get that's all right for a hot summer's day yeah
0: it was very hot today
2: Yosh, tell us what you're
0: drinking Well I'm switching it up today guys I've been uh, beer this whole time through 30 episodes so I decided on the 31st I'd switch it up and I'd go with a few glasses of wine by glasses I mean I'm almost done the bottle. (laughs) We're just getting started. (laughs) So I've got uh, a Estates Winery Team Canada uh, 2018 white bottle of wine. It's very tasty uh, They're an official Pilotary Estates that is, is an official sponsor of the Canadian Olympic team. And for every bottle, a uh, dollar is donated to the Olympic Foundation, Canadian Olympic Foundation. So good stuff there. And Stacy as well.
2: It's you giving a free advertisement. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what's,
3: what's the alcohol percent on that, girl? Uh, 11 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boys.
2: Josh is primed.
0: It's going to be a spicy episode. Wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. Just start us up with the NFL.
2: Wow, spicy trade as you add <laughs> to your spicy drink. Not really. It's a backup quarterback for the Jaguars being traded to the Eagles, and they'll be fighting over position there with Wacko Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins who had surgery on his elbow this offseason, and apparently his arm strength isn't back so i believe he's gonna get cut this week and we'll see how if they keep three quarterbacks or if they just get rid of joe because i would i don't know the reason why you would have joe on your team anymore he's not good
0: <laughs> yeah there's no there's no point in making this trade if you're going to keep joe Exactly.
2: So the trade is a conditional six round pick, which Gardner Minshew was a six round pick. Uh, I can't remember the year, but so anyway, so it's a it's a conditional six round pick. So the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for Gardner Minshew, the pick can be upgraded to a fifth round pick if he plays 50 percent of the snaps in three games this season. Which could happen because who knows? Yeah. Like J- yeah. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts might not even uh, do anything. Like he might get benched too because that team I think is going to be pretty bad in that division, and that's a bad division.
0: He might even get hurt. I mean, you yep. know. Jalen Hurts might get hurt. You never know.
2: Yeah, that could definitely happen as well. Good I think it's
0: a. I think it's a pretty good division, Jesse.
3: I think it's a got a clear front runner, but uh, it's a good team at the top, you know. <laughs>
2: What's the what's the team at the top?
3: The Titans.
2: Challenge? They Challenge. not playing in that same. They don't. They don't play in that. That's the uh, NFC East. What? That's the Eagles. The Eagles play in the NFC. Uh, East. No, I'm talking
3: about the Jaguars. Ah, for fuck's sake, you're on the Eagles.
0: <laughs> oh, fucking ding! Round one. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so if there was a front runner in the NFC East, who would it be, Pete? No idea. I just gotta. Oh, I, I just
3: gotta learn to keep my mouth shut during the NFL. <laughs> so
2: yeah, the Eagles are the. I guess you could say the Jaguars are not going to be fighting against the Titans there in the AFC South. <laughs> but yeah, I would say the Titans are at the top there, especially with all the injuries we'll talk about later on with Indy. But yeah, so Minshew actually has played a bit in the NFL and hasn't done too bad, even for a crappy team like the Jaguars here. He's started 20 games. He's got almost a 63% uh, completion percentage and 37 touchdowns to 11 interceptions for a 93.1 QB rating, which is not horrible for that guy. The only thing is he's got a weak arm, just like Nick Mullins right now, but he makes
0: plays. It's nothing earth shattering, but it's solid. And for for a team in Philly that is still and has been up in the air in the QB for a long time, this, you know, depending on what happens with Hertz, it could help to at least uh, give them a little bit of balance at the QB position and a little bit of of support. You know, like I said, he's not going to throw up a bunch of fucking touchdowns, but he could he can keep you at 500 for sure.
2: Right, and it'll probably be a better team than what was in Jacksonville when he played. For sure. So, another injury from Jacksonville, uh, this uh, came before the trade was Travis Etienne. He's out for the season with a Liz Frank injury, which is like the middle of your foot. He broke that in the game against New Orleans. And it was pretty sad because he only had two touches in that game. He caught one pass and he ran the ball and he ended up hurting his foot in that. And uh, Travis Etienne was actually the Rams pick that they traded for Jalen Hurt or Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago. He was one of the few people that were picked. I think we talked about it at the draft. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is from Clemson. So is he. So he's one of those pairings that you won't be able to play with his quarterback there. And with that happening, because Etienne was supposed to be like this huge playmaker, James Robinson will take over as the featured back. I think he was going to, be like the first and second down back to begin with, but now he's just going to do everything. And as an undrafted rookie last year, he dominated. So hopefully we see the same from him in Jacksonville. Because I like I like undrafted running backs a lot, so I, it's neat to see that he's going to get another chance, especially after this injury.
0: That must be a crazy injury, like the to break the middle of your foot. That just seems weird place to break it
2: and it's like one of the hardest to come back from after surgery I bet
0: yeah
2: it's like one of the like it's like so the Achilles Mm -hmm. when you rupture your Achilles like you lose a lot of your speed and and your quick cuts but the Liz Frank uh, it takes a long time to heal and I'm I didn't really I just heard that it was it was tough to come back from it I didn't know what like lessened you but I'm assuming it'd be roughly the same thing your speed Mm -hmm. and and your quick cuts. And then another running back, which happened on Saturday, he was going to have a big year, I think, Uh, J.K. Dobbins. Tore his ACL. It has been confirmed today, which is terrible news. And like I was saying before, this is why you don't put your starters in the preseason. But that's just me. Uh, Yeah, so the injury happened in the first quarter of the Ravens' preseason final with Washington. Dobbins turned up the field after catching a screen pass and his left leg bent backward on an ensuing tackle, immediately grabbing his left knee. Dobbins was helped off the field while putting no weight on his injured leg. He was, he was then carted to the locker room after a brief uh, sideline examination underneath the blue tent. So like I was saying, this is going to be a huge year for Dobbins because there's no Mark Ingram there. They still have Gus Edwards, who will be probably taking the major role there but he isn't a pass catcher and uh, Dobbins actually showcased. You can be a pass catcher last year. Uh, he had a huge yards per average rush with six yards per carry. Nice for a rookie running back, which is really, really great. Now it, it, it is also with Lamar Jackson there and he, he helps out the running game a lot to begin with, because a lot of people got to focus on him because he's quick as fuck. But he's a really good running back, and it's sad that he's gone in year two when he was about to feature just like Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of Cam, well, their team at least. Big trade, like I said before, at least for this guy. <laughs> Sony Michelle traded to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for a sixth-round uh, sixth pick in 2022 and then a fourth-round pick in 2023. So I think this is a big trade for us because Daryl Henderson is hurt and we lost another guy for, it was just like a, our fourth stringer, Raymond Calais. Uh, he broke his foot as well. And I think he's, he got cut, ended up getting cut and put on an injured reserve. But uh, Daryl Henderson, who is, I said at the beginning, I was worried because he I don't think he can stay healthy for a full season without missing a couple games. That sprained his, Thumb on Monday's practice, and he hasn't even been in a game. So I'm glad they went out and got this guy. I think the exchange is great. Former first round pick. Uh, he was the only one that did anything in the Rams and Patriots Super Bowl. He scored that touchdown there. A boring ass game. But I think he's he'll be better with the Rams because he's more of an outside zone guy, or uh, between the tackles guy. And they do a lot of power running. Now, in college, his uh, receptions weren't horrible, but with the Patriots, he was pretty bad in getting receptions and receiving yards. This is because the Patriots love to use 100 different backs back there.
0: You're not wrong there. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And like there, another thing was, was because he was probably going to get cut too, because they have so many backs there. And a couple rising stars, Damien Harris probably going to be the first first string guy there, and then they've got a rookie. But I don't think he would have made Sony Michelle would make through waivers to the Rams. So this is probably why they traded for him. And especially after Etienne was hurt, they were just like, let's go get a running back.
0: I don't think this is a huge trade in the grand scheme of the league, but it is a it's pr- a pretty big trade for the Rams because you know they are shorthanded. Uh, at the running back position and he is going to do, he's going to do well. Like I said, he's, he's going to do what he does well, and he's going to continue to do that. And, and from the Rams standpoint, they didn't give up a whole lot.
2: No. So So. originally this trade trade happened too. There was a condition on it as well. I think it was a fifth and a sixth and then a condition that if they got their uh, compensatory pick next year, that it would just be a fourth round pick. So they end up giving a fourth round pick two years from now, which I personally think is better because there's a lot of people coming in the draft next year. There's, it's it's going to be a really crazy draft next year because so many people took years off and then continued to do the schooling after COVID. Right. So I think this draft the you want to keep as many of your draft draft picks there, and apparently it's a new rule in in the NFL which I never heard of because you could trade the uh, the condition con- conditional picks when compensatory picks are coming in.
0: Hmm. I didn't know that either. Well.
2: Yeah, so whatever it is, what it is like, it, to me, it's not a big deal. Like, yeah, we have to trade an extra six round pick, but nah. not for a guy that like he, he's going to be a one year rental. He's in his last year, he's contract year, so he's going to want to show out for sure. And uh we needed a back that could pass protect because none of our guys can because they're all rookies or Daryl Harrison, Daryl Henderson, who's not a big guy and not good at picking the blitz pickup. So I'm happy with this trade. Very, very happy. And hopefully he gets a bunch of touchdowns. And then on another trade here, Shaq Lawson, the Jets pick him up from the Texans. They trade a six round pick in 2022, which was with San Francisco. So pretty much they're replacing Carl Lawson, who they lost last week with a new Lawson. So Shaq Lawson, I believe he was drafted in the first round by the Bills. Had a very underwhelming start to his career. And then went to Miami, signed a decent deal. And then Miami cut him during the offseason. And he signed with the Texans. And since the Texans suck, they want to get picks for the next year, I think. (laughs) They got rid of him. And then another injury here, because this is preseason. This is where all the big names get hurt. Is uh, T.Y. Hilton under uh, undergoing evaluation <laughs> for his neck injury? Uh, he might. He's going to be expected to be out for a few weeks here, and then it's just more loss to the offense of Indianapolis Colts. So, like we were saying earlier, you can see Tennessee on top of that AFC South division because they don't have their quarterback. They don't have a backup quarterback, and Sam. In- Uh, Ellinger and Carson Wentz is hurt, but I've heard that he might be able to bang it back for week one, along with their all pro Quentin Nelson, the guard, who is awesome. Have you ever guys heard his uh mic'd up stuff? No, he's like Bobby Boucher, he he screams at people (laughs) when 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 he's like pulling. It is so funny, like, he gets mic'd up and he's. He's crazy, which is weird because like they get the uh, Indianapolis finally gets a line. And then with Quentin Nelson, in his first uh, in his first his rookie year and Andrew, the following year, Andrew Luck uh, retires.
0: But, is, it, is it just me or does it seem like the Colts are always fucking injured, like ever since Payton left? it seems like you know no matter who it is there's a big name or a couple big names that are injured 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 like and especially on the offense like andrew luck was always injured you know yeah. like it just it just seems that way ty has not been a healthy player over the course of his career no you know? it's just that they cuz they just have shit luck with injuries and and the health of their players i don't know
2: i i couldn't tell you like it, it a lot of it's luck obviously but What and that's why I I always agree with: don't put your players in the preseason. Now this is the dress rehearsal game because they usually have it, so they let the starters go for like a drive or two, and then they pull them. Yeah. But as you can see through here, it's not good. It it doesn't go over well. I mean, with a drive or two.
0: I mean, he still could have gotten injured in the third game of the season. So you know you got to look at it that way too, right? Whether you have the preseason games or not, he got injured three games in. He would have been playing in the third game of the regular season, so he still gets injured, you know, potentially. You know, it's it's three games in the preseason or three games in the regular season, and if it's three games in the preseason, maybe he comes back three weeks earlier to play in the regular season. That's more important.
2: Right, but the whole point is, like, you're playing – a lot of people are playing as backups too, so you don't want your – your superstars getting hit by those backups because they're trying to make a team. They're a little bit more aggressive. Where For them, it's just practice.
3: Talk about
1: practice. practice.
2: <laughs> about the and then back to the AFC South here with the COVID outbreak, uh, t- uh, Tennessee Titans. They got eight players on the COVID list here, uh, starting with their starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, uh, tight end Jeff Swam. And linebacker Justin uh, March uh, Lillard, running back Jeremy Nickel Nick Nichols, uh, linebacker Nick Zabar, Dzz, <laughs> Zabnar, Zabnar. Okay, Outside, <laughs> I and I only know like a couple of these guys. Outside linebacker Harold Landry, wide receiver Racy McMath, and defensive lineman Anthony Rush. So. Huge COVID outbreak. A couple of their uh, coaches have it as well, as well as their head coach, Mike Vrabel. So he wasn't at the preseason game this week. Now, I did read that Tennessee is 97% uh, vaccinated there for their players. So
1: so it's just these guys. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, There's one thing I like to point out. My guys are all good. Yeah, My we remember last good. week, Kev. That's the only thing Atlanta wins. Is- well, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, well, hey, we're still winning, aren't we? <laughs>
2: like they, they might a lot of these guys might be vaccinated to begin with too, but they just tested positive. Yeah, I don't. I didn't go through and look to see who wasn't vaccinated. They don't really. That information is pretty hard to find.
1: For sure. Well, the well the vid is not hitting Atlanta. No, not yet. There. Not no, yet. No vid.
0: It is Georgia, bud. <laughs> And the Titans lost to the Bears. Hey, calm down. It's <laughs> easy, <okay? laughs> your backups lost to my backups. <laughs> Actually, maybe in this case, your fucking backups backups with eight guys out. <laughs> yeah. Lost to my backups. By three points. You, know, you got dominated.
2: <laughs> Probably the Bears starting. Their first teamers are all out there for a full half. Got up to a big lead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did not watch the game, so I cannot tell you exactly what happened.
2: Anyways, Josh, what's happening in MLB? All
0: right, we're gonna slide right into it with a winning streak and a losing streak. Let's start off with a losing streak. The Baltimore Orioles have lost or did lose over the past couple weeks. I guess they lost
1: 19 straight games. Oof. I want to challenge that. I believe they didn't lose 19 straight. I thought they were up to 17 and 1-1 and then back into a losing streak.
0: Okay, cool. I'll take a point. <laughs> 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 so while you guys look that up, uh, it's the longest MLB losing streak since KC in 2005, which was also 19 games. And the streak was snapped on Wednesday versus, versus the Halos when the Orioles beat them. Now on August 2nd, the Orioles played the Yanks and a cat ran onto the field. And then the Orioles proceed to lose the next 19 games. So was it the the cat? Was the cat bad mojo? Is it bad luck? That wasn't a black cat. It wasn't a
1: black one though. No, no, it was just a damn thing wouldn't get off the field.
2: <laughs> Yo, know, you're totally right. The First thing, I just put Baltimore losing streak, and the thing came up right away. 19 games, 19 mm-hmm. straight games.
1: No. I thought they won one prior to that, but whatever.
0: Well, talking about winning, let's go right into the winning streak. So the New York Yankees had won 13 games straight. Ooh. Yeah, it was good for my pick, but but you're right, boo. Boo. Uh, the winning streak was snapped on Saturday versus the A's, and it was the longest Yankee win streak since 1961, which what? was also 13 games. Holy moly. Yeah, I man, I was surprised when I read that, too. I was like, that's crazy. That seems really long
2: for a team that's supposed to be pretty good or has been pretty good for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially during all the World Series winning years and the Derek Jeter years. like. But yeah, 13 games. Yeah, 13 in a row is a lot. There's yeah, no it way. is a lot, for sure. It's, it's a good awesome. number, too. It's a good number.
3: <laughs> you should get it tattooed on you, Kev. That'd be a good idea.
1: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Wait, you already did, didn't you? Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, right, right,
0: right. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. All right, Wander Franco. We have talked about this guy in the past. He joined some elite company in Ken Griffey Jr. and Robbie Alomar as the only players under 21 to reach base safely in 25 straight games since 1960. So that was as of Wednesday. On Thursday, he ends up going three for five. Friday, he goes over three with a walk. Saturday, one for four, and Sunday, two for four with a walk, which brings his streak up to 29 games straight, getting on base. He now holds the number two spot for the longest streak as a 20-year-old or under with 29 games in 2021. He's sandwiched between Mickey Mantle, who had 28 games in 1952, and Mickey Mantle, who had 36 games in 1951 as an under-20-year-old. No, I said Mickey Mantle, not you, Ricky Mantle. You,
3: you must mean Ricky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't.
2: <but laughs> Just like how Ron, uh, Wanda Furnickle plays in the outfield there. Right, yep.
0: yep, you got her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Look at how dumb we are. <laughs> Look at all these <laughs> bad challenges coming back to bite us in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this is pretty crazy, you know, to hit that many – Uh, that many games straight in general, let alone being that young and being so new to baseball is just insane. Now, you know, the longest streak is by any MLB player is much longer. Uh, I believe it's Ted Williams, but I can't remember the exact number, but it's much longer than the 36 games by Mickey Mantle, but he was over 20 when he did it. So
3: yeah, to do it at 20 years old, you're still a fucking kid.
0: Yeah. And when you're, when you're in company with
3: Mickey Mantle and Mickey Mantle.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's,
3: that's, this, this is why this kid was the number one prospect in baseball. Like that's right. That's, in, that's where you want to be in terms of company.
0: So as I was reading through this, they had said, now they didn't give me an exact uh, number, but they're saying that this streak is already in the top 10 of longest hitting streaks or sorry, on base streaks in the MLB all time. So it's already in the top 10, but it's not close to to uh, Ted Williams. So. That's a like great said, way
2: to start your career off. Holy exactly. Holy. Yeah,
0: Th- this hey. guy is living up to the hype, hype 100%. Now, last week we talked about Caleb Smith, who's a D-Biggs pitcher who uh, was called out for having potentially having a foreign substance on his glove. Uh, he said it was dirt. It turns out it was not dirt. I was hoping it was dirt, but just for the jokes. Yeah, for sure. Turned out it was something else. So he was playing dirty. Uh, they didn't say what the foreign substance was, but it, they did say it was a foreign substance. So he will be suspended for ten games. He's only the second player this year to do it, uh, behind the Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago, who just happened to be busted by the same officiating crew, which is quite interesting. You know, is it? Did the MLB say to this crew, like, you guys got to? really clamp down on on the foreign substance shit and just call it all the time? Or is it just a coincidence?
2: It'd be a conspiracy. Like, he was pretty adamant it was dirt. Maybe they added something to it before they put in the bag. Molasses. (laughs) They
0: put molasses on it. I mean, you never know, right?
2: Like, we got to get this one right. We look like assholes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the umpires, they they often look like assholes. And this next uh, little story here, Shamanea is forced to make a glove change because of its color. Now, uh, The Oakland athletics pitcher has a pastel green glove, which is apparently too close to the color of white, which is obviously the color of the baseball and makes it hard to see the ball uh, from a, in general, you know, whether it be the batter coming out of the pitcher's hand, or I believe the rule is across the, uh, is across the entire defensive Of players so no matter where you basically you can't have a white glove because you can't really pick up the ball so my understanding is that's a rule that's why they made him change this glove but he had been using this glove pretty much for every other start that he'd been out there so why is it all of a sudden you know why are they so horny to get this glove out of there now maybe the team that they're playing complained. or you think it's
1: just uh, the umpires just have their own their own judgment at that point I mean some umpires say okay I'm fine with it but others are like oh no I don't like it get rid of it
0: I guess I my guess would be that, that those umpires would have umped a A's game prior to that but maybe not a Manoa start so or Manea start sorry um who knows it, it could you could be very well right Kevin just could be the umpire's discretion says nope that looks too much what like white," but to me, it was he, like fucking like,
1: like sauce ice cream. It was, but he, he's worn a couple of times prior to all this, like you said. So I don't know. Yeah. That's my assumption is the umps are just being dicks as usual.
3: Yeah, he'll probably come back to the next game too. For sure. Why wouldn't you?
1: Why not?
2: It's gonna be like that joke from last week, too. He's gotta work in a new glove.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> he did run down into the clubhouse and he came out with a uh like a forest green, a dark one. So that <laughs> was He probably did that purposely, so I was like, is this fucking differential? Is this contrast enough for you?
2: Would have been funny if you started, like, coloring it in, like, at least... (laughs) Grab a Sharpie. Yeah. (laughs) You see it now?
0: (laughs) And continuing on with pitchers, Chris Sale has returned to the Red Sox from a lengthy stint on the uh, IL. On Thursday night, he throws an immaculate inning, which is three outs on nine pitches, all strikes. He joined Sandy Koufax as the only players to throw three immaculate innings in a career. And he's the first Red Sox to throw an immaculate inning at Fenway since 02, when Pedro Martinez did it, starting a game with that immaculate inning. We've talked about these uh, immaculate innings before. Uh, We gave the pitcher the MVP that week. For immaculate inning this week we've got going in a different route, but uh, it is going to be a pitcher. Just to give you a little bit of a heads up there. It's all about timing. It's, it's all about, about timing. timing. Yeah. The MVP for sure. So this is just pretty crazy. The guy comes back from being hurt and he's been out for a while, all you know, all season and and he throws an immaculate inning. I like it. I don't like that he's a Red Sox, but I like that he can be uh, come back and be just as dominant as uh, before injury. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't like it. Just because he's a Red Sox. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: that's, that's what I just said. I like, got, because he's a Red Sox, but I do like that. He's able to come back. A player can come back after an injury and, uh, and just pick up right where he left off.
2: How long was he out for? I thought it was like a, like a year and a bit. Yeah. It was a
0: long while, like a really long while for sure.
2: Yeah. It's good that he can. That's a player can actually get back and and play as well as he has to start his career, restart his career again. Mm-hmm.
0: And they released the uh, playoff schedule. The MLB did. So the wildcard games will be on October fifth and sixth. The divisional round will be October seventh to the fourteenth. Championship round will be the October fifteenth to twenty fourth. And the World Series will be October 26th to November 3rd. Unfortunately, we're not going to see any Blue Jays in any of those games. <laughs> uh, Kev, should we just give you a minus one now? Or would you like to wait till they're Oh I'll wait. Well,
1: wait it out, man. I'll wait All it right. out. Okay.
0: All right. It should, be, uh, it should be pretty good. The wild card games should be half-decent. And I think the playoffs, you know, depending on how they do, end up rounding out. But the teams that are looking like they're they're in, I think it's going to be a, a good playoff this year. It's going to suck to not have a Blue Jay uh, team in there, but it is next what it year. is. Next, yeah, next year.
2: Although We're, wild card is is Boston and the Yanks
0: right now. Right, that's why it's going to be phenomenal because yeah. it's going to be a great one to see. That'd be Division. awesome. Game. So sticking with the Jays here. They were, uh, they were all right this week. We had said that they needed to win all seven games. They did not. They won four, lost three, so two and two versus the White Sox, two and one versus, versus the Tigers. 68 and 61, fourth in the AL East, 13 and a half games back of Tampa, which puts them six uh, games back of the wild card and more if uh, the Red Sox ended up losing today. Or sorry, if they won today. And they, I believe they were winning last I checked. Either way, there's no fucking chance for playoffs with the Blue Jays here. It's unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunate kept for you for your pick, but it's unfortunate as fans as well because we always like to see our teams do well and cheer and it sucks to not really be able to cheer. Now, one thing you can cheer about is Robbie Ray. He has yeah. been fucking really good all fucking year. Hey, that man. But Jess, I thought you were fucking on crack man when you kept him In fantasy, I'm like this guy's not going to do much. Like he's just a role filler until like Nate Pearson fucking lights it up. But Nate, who, like Robbie Ray, man, he's been like he. I think he's been our best pitcher. He has been. Yeah, like Ryu is he? He throws two good games and then a shit game. Yeah, he hasn't been very. very He's not consistent lately. No. No, but but Robbie Ray has been.
2: I'm a smart guy, bud.
0: No, apparently. news to me yeah. <laughs> so Robbie Ray strikes out 14 in Wednesday's win versus the White Sox it ties a career high and makes him the first lefty in BJ's history to strike out 14 batters and that just again just says that he's been lighting it up and he's been really good this year and uh, he's been a welcome addition to, uh, to our Blue Jays this year. That's a tough uh, team to do that against too.
2: White yeah. Sox are, are a very good team this year for sure. And uh, to get
0: 14 strikeouts is top notch. Yeah, 100%. So love that. So that's the uh, that's the good of the week for the Blue Jays. The bad, well, there's a couple bad. One we're going to get to a little bit later. Uh, but for right now, the runners in scoring position has not been good. On August 12th, they were hitting 286, which was first in the MLB with runners in scoring position. Since, as of today's game, they were hitting 144, which is 30th in the bigs. And that is not good enough. That's too much of a slide in two weeks. I don't understand. Like, what happened?
3: How did they go from first to last?
0: I mean, and some of those, a lot of those games were, there was probably six games versus the Tigers.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, they did have those four games versus the White Sox in there. And I'm not sure who the other team was, but like, come on, <laughs> Hey, you got to be better than a I think I think we played
2: more. Seattle too, so
0: right. Yeah. Who's been I've, playing better than than the Jays? But they're not shit hot. No, they got
2: a they got a young team, so, and they're up and coming. So it's they might be starting to get stuff together now, but it's still they should still be beating that team.
0: They should be. Absolutely. So I think this is a big reason why they've gone on this. uh I, I would call it a losing skid over the last same month. Um, doesn't help to have you know, quote unquote, one of your better players in George Springer still fucking hurt. Uh, they aren't saying that he could come back early this coming week, but I'll believe it when I see it.
2: He'll, he'll get hurt when he first came back i know so
0: <laughs> fantasy baseball we're into yep. our playoffs i squeaked into the playoffs in sixth place jesse uh is in second place so he got the bye yeah uh so if i win which it looks like I, I think i'm going to i anyway before we started the show i was leading i will end up be facing the number one team jesse will face the uh, the other team that's playing now which i think is probably the number three team i think that you'll be facing hmm. Which is great, but I don't have Springer, and I don't know what the fuck to do. If he comes back, do I put him in? Yep. but then he gets hurt two games into it, and then I get to put a zero for the rest of the fucking week. Or do I put in? I have Corey Dickerson, I have Lourdes Gurriel, so it's <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one. I don't know who to put in. It's gonna be flip a coin, bud. Flip a coin. I know, but coins don't have three sides. So you got you uh, got you got to roll the
3: dice in those Springer dingers.
0: I know. I know. And being playing the number one team who's only lost once, I think it's. I gotta go. Yeah, I might have to go with Springer just to. He's the only. If he lights it up, that's really the only chance I think I have to win in the semis. But anyway, playoffs got to big. Go bigger, go home. Go bigger, go home, man. Anyway, enough about fantasy baseball. (laughs) Last thing on the Blue Jays here is the upcoming week. This is another week where they gotta win them all. Three versus the Orioles, three versus the A's. They're chasing the A's uh, for the next best in the wild cards. You get the Yanks, you got the Red Sox, and then the A's are next up. So they're chasing them. So those are big games. Obviously, they need to win against the Orioles because they're the Orioles. I'll be at one against the Orioles. They better fucking win. Do you think they go 6-0 this week?
3: No. Nope. Nope.
2: No, we we just gave that stat right there that they're thirtieth in uh, runners in scoring position. They're no, like maybe it'll come up against Baltimore, but uh, I don't think against the A's.
1: Yeah,
3: I doubt they sweep Baltimore. I I, I I agree. Yeah, how many sweeps have they had this season? I can remember like maybe two. Not enough.
0: Definitely not enough. But I don't know the number.
3: I, I honestly can't even remember.
2: I mean,
0: uh if I would if I didn't have to tell you a number, Pete, I would definitely oh, challenge let's, you. Let's, but... let's all throw a
1: number. Let's just throw a number. I say two. I said. So did Pete. Okay, okay. <laughs> just fuck it. I'll go three. So are you challenging on them? Because I'm not challenging because I have no fucking clue. <laughs> uh, okay, fuck it. I'll challenge it. Yeah, three. I say three.
3: Yeah, before we check, this is not price is right rules.
0: No.
1: No, no, you're either
0: three. on or you're off, or you all get <laughs> fucking minuses. Yeah. We never do that.
1: <laughs>
0: Just make sure. Three.
1: Just make sure you, Pedro said two, I'll go three. All right. You looking it up, Jesse, or somebody?
0: I'm looking it up, yeah. Perfect. So that's all I got for the MLB boys while we check this. Uh, but we do have some baseball coming up.
3: This week's points and penalties MVP comes from the Little League World Series pitcher Gavin Weir. The Little League batters know that when Gavin Weir is on the mound, it's going to be a tough day. Southpaw, in what was his final start on the mound, he pitched a no-hitter against California, striking out 14 over six innings in a one nothing win on Wednesday to send his team to the Tom Seaver Bracket Championship. This little man has been given a comparison to Chris Sale, and including Wednesday's game, In Weir's previous eight games, he faced 132 batters. He struck out 114 of them, giving up only a single hit. Insane. This kid is lights out. And I'm going to go ahead and guarantee you right now that someday, maybe in like 10 years time, this kid's going to be in the show. And We're going to look back and say, hey, remember this kid was the MVP of points and penalties, episode 31.
0: Put that on the long haul <laughs> yeah, yeah. hot take tracker. <laughs> For sure. That goes in the same realm as uh, as Urban Meyer not being a fucking 500 yeah, no coach. And, coach yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> 35 years from now, we figure it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the long game hot takes. I can't believe this when I saw these stats. Like This kid has been lights out, and I'm surprised that he, they didn't move on to the finals, being that he's been that dominant. Obviously, he's not pitching every game, but maybe it was what what balanced his team.
2: Well, Yosh. They won one nothing.
0: Fair enough. So,
2: like, like you said, like they have a really amazing pitcher, but they don't have a lot of
3: offense. Yeah, fair enough. They were saving the runs, Jesse. Saving them for the next game.
0: Yeah. Clearly,
2: they didn't save enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: they knew they didn't need runs again with Weir on the mound, but everyone else was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. we got to score 35 with that dude on the mound. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is still really yeah. impressive. Jesse, you said something like 82%.
2: 86% of batters he's faced this summer, he has struck
0: out. That's insane.
2: That's wild. That's over three quarters of the batters he faces. He fucking strikes out.
0: I mean, it's that's dominance, is what that is. Like, hey, you know, maybe he's you know, what makes him that dominant is is it his size? Is he just got a massive arm and throwing a hundred yeah. mile an hour at twelve years old?
3: Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's six, seven duplicity yeah, already.
0: Exactly.
3: <laughs> it's like
2: one of those guys that they get, what was it? I think it was Bad News Bears. They they had a guy that was playing in Little League, but he was like a minor leaguer in Dominican
1: or something like
0: that. <laughs> so he's basically <laughs> a pro. <laughs> well, I
1: lied about it. Yeah. Hey, man, it hasn't been the first time that's happened in the Little League. Lied about their, their uh, age? Yeah, yeah, there's a few that got caught. They're like, like 13 or 14-year-old, like a pitcher. And yeah, that's happened. He's our MVP. We, we don't know how
3: big he is. We don't know how old he is. We assume he's under 12, or whatever the limit is for Little League. So just to recap on the Blue Jays' sweeps, the challenge that Kevin so lovingly provided. I said there was going to be that they only had two sweeps this season, the Blue Jays. Kev said there was three. We double-checked. It's not two. It's not three. It's actually six. MLB season is really long. <laughs> it's been going on for a while. Sometimes you forget that. Minus one. We're both minus points. Jesse's just creeping further and further ahead by doing nothing. Good challenger, bud.
2: Hey, I challenged you already today. Yeah, (laughs) because
3: I
0: wasn't listening (laughs) properly.
3: Anyway, let's see if we can't make that up in the NBA. Josh, why don't you let us know what's going on there? All
0: right, so a three-way trade ends up being a sign-in trade. Cavaliers acquire a forward, Larry marketing from the Bulls. He ends up signing a four-year... $67 $67 million contract. The other teams were the Trailblazers. They get a forward Larry Nance Jr. from the Cavs. The Bulls, in return, uh, after losing marketing get a 2023 second-round pick from via the Nuggets from the Cavaliers. Forward Derek Jones Jr. And a 2022 first-round protected lottery pick from the Blazers. So marketing joins a reshaped Cavs team uh, that includes the number three pick Evan Mobley and center Jared Allen. The addition here of marketing could really help the Cavs here and really turn their potential season around. Larry Nance is a versatile defender, and he should have a significant impact on a Portland roster that is determined to improve defensively. We know they've got the offense with, with Dame Time and Damian Lillard, uh, you know, among others, C.J. McCollum, et cetera, et cetera. But their defense is, is lacking, and hopefully uh, Nance will help out there. And since the Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan, that made and expendable, and with getting two picks in return uh, to continue on the, the team's future building, it, it really makes sense for the Bulls to to pull the trigger here and uh, and move Mark And I think overall, this is going to be a pretty good trade for everybody here. Everybody gets something that they need, and like I said, I, I think it's a it's a good trade. You know, nobody, no winners, no losers for me at this point. I think it's pretty even, and I like it. I like when there's uh, even trades. You know, Sometimes it's fun when you see a a massive uh, trade that's slighted one way or the other because you're like, what an idiot team. But in this case, pretty even all around, at least in my opinion, but what the fuck do I know? Now, another weird situation that happened, Rajon Rondo, who was traded by the Clippers to the Grizzlies in the Eric Bledsoe uh, deal, which we talked about uh, either last week or the week before, he has accepted a contract bio from the Grizz on Saturday, which is worth $8.3 million for the one year. So that means that he is now a free agent and he is rumored and the Lakers are favored uh, in, in in these rumors, excuse me, to sign Rondo. He won the championship with the Lakers uh, just a couple of years ago. And so it'll be interesting to see him come back. He will obviously be a backup's backup, uh, just adding some point guard depth with, we know, LeBitch James and now Russell Westbrook uh, going to shoulder the ball. They're going to take the ball uh, for the most part, as you know, throughout the uh, with the starters and the starting five. So Rondo will, you know, we'll be able to spell them and he's a veteran guy that uh, can definitely do that. You know, Rondo spent a ton of time with the Celtics back uh, when he first started in the league and wasn't uh, too half bad. So we'll have to see if uh, the Lakers actually do sign him, but are, those are the rumors.
2: I got a question here. What, because the Grizzlies... Bought him out what's the difference between getting bought out is it just like a restructure almost or is it like why wouldn't you just cut the guy
0: i think either way you might have to pay him so
2: you're paying him at a reduced rate at this point
0: yeah i'm not 100 sure on that but i would i would think so because if you remember like Lamarcus aldridge and blake griffin blake griffin yeah they all they all accepted a buyout as well so that would have been less than what they were supposed to be paid, but they weren't getting. They weren't playing, so they, you know, took the buyout to go somewhere else to uh, to continue to play. And they make
2: that up, and when they get their next contract,
0: exactly. Especially if you play yeah. well, right?
2: Okay,
3: I think it, it like it more or less is being cut. But you have to you have to buy out
1: the contract, to yeah. cut them. Okay. Now would the Lakers be the oldest team in the NBA this year? Probably, I would have to agree. Is the age like what their their mad like minimum age would be like thirty? What their minimum age yeah because i mean they're, they're all average like a, age yeah their average age i mean they get- I, w- I
2: have no idea but because i don't need to get challenged but i'm sure <laughs> <I>
3: don't.
2: <laughs> don't be a bitch dude be a bitch.
3: for sure <laughs> Kev, kev's got it sitting on it for sure right now average age,
2: i've got 29. a guess <laughs> but i'm not spitting out <laughs>
0: they i would think that they're the oldest i, I would agree i yeah. would agree but the, the number i don't know
2: this is why they're looking to sign Rondos because right. uh, they all have walkers and they yeah, another one back there. Yeah.
0: Maybe, I don't know how old he is, but maybe he's like 34 and it'll lower their average age, but I don't know.
2: <laughs> Lowers it at 34. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs>
0: So the NBA has called now for COVID vaccination for most staff throughout the 2021-22 season. So as I said, majority of staff members on the teams, including coaches, front office members and trainers will be required to be vaxxed against COVID-19. The league will also require the referees to be vaxxed. And it's still on the players, whether they want to be vaxxed or not. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Do you agree that the NBA should mandate this, or do you think it should still be uh, open policy uh, on whatever you feel type thing, no matter what your position on a team is?
3: No, absolutely. 100% with the NBA mandated, mandated for all league staff. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah.
0: I think
2: coaches have to be 100%, and then they got to, it's kind of like the NFL. They got to get as many players as they can.
0: So what what's the difference for a, uh, a coach, you know, why is their potential belief uh, any different than a player's belief? If a player doesn't want to get vaxxed; they don't have to at this point, but a coach does now. So, what what's the difference?
2: Because they're employees of the NBA.
0: I so yeah. Well, uh, so is a basketball player,
2: but they have a P, they have a PA. They have a union.
0: Fair enough, but
1: you know, and maybe maybe that's the only
0: difference. That is the
2: that, that's what I think is the only difference.
1: I would say if the ones that don't want to be vaxxed, you just don't travel with the team. Then I mean, or whatever. I mean, wouldn't that be
0: worse, putting them on a commercial flight? Don't you think that would be worse than having them fly with the team? I mean, they still have to go through all their protocols.
1: Well, I just think that he doesn't play if they're going over into the U.S. I mean, if you're not properly vaxxed, I mean, they might not take you anyways, right? Well,
0: they can already come in and out of the country. That's not going to be a problem. They've already said that that's going to be fine. The Jays are doing it. So that's not an issue coming into the country because they get that sports exception. Exception, Yeah, exception, yeah. yeah but I just like, for me, like, I agree. I think they, they should, but I think they should all be, all be vax, yes. including the players. players right. Yeah. So, yeah. so why yeah. is it okay for, you know, it's okay if I'm just going to use some arbitrary names here. Like if Siakam doesn't want to get vax, and Nick nurse doesn't want to get vaxed, like, why is it okay for Siakam to still be with the team and play, but not Nick nurse. Right. I mean, no, I understand nurse, they're yeah. players and they're making a hundred billion dollars, and maybe that's <laughs> that's
3: the reason, but but yeah, you know. I think Jesse kind of hit the nail on the head. They have the union and they have the yeah. sort of negotiating yeah. power. Fair so. enough.
2: I'm I'm shocked that they don't do it because they were really progressive in this. In when COVID first started, like shutting down the league, mm-hmm. so and they were really they got them the bubble and they were really trying to protect the players and, and the coaches and everyone around. And now you they won't mandate vaccinations it seems it seems odd it seems like the different a different direction that they're going in
0: well maybe they're just trying to take some baby steps get the coaches and the trainers and so on and so forth uh, on board get them all vaxxed and then say to the nh or sorry the nba pa and the players say look it's you know there's there's 30 of you guys in the league or whatever the number is that won't get vaxxed. like get your you know get your shit together type thing but maybe so maybe for the nba it's baby steps by starting with coaching staff in the front office type thing.
2: I think that's how the NFL started, too. Like, they had tiers of coaches and the GM staff and everything like that. They were like, these guys need to get vaccinated. But if the other people below didn't want to, they didn't have to. But they're also stipulations they can't be in the building they have to do everything re- remote
0: right and you still have to deal with all the extra you have to do all the extra COVID protocol bullshit if you're not going to be vaxxed and so on and so forth which I would imagine will still be the same no matter like if you're a player in the NBA you're still mm-hmm. going to have to do that compared to a player that is vaxxed so alright last thing on the NBA here uh, just a little Raptors news they signed wingman Svi Makalek Svi Spe <laughs> spy, easy for me to say. <laughs> Sign him to a two-year deal, uh, which includes a player option for the second season. He reportedly drew interest from multiple teams before signing with the raps. He last played with Detroit and OkC in the 2021 season and he played fairly well down the stretch for OKC averaging 10.3 points, three boards and 1.8 assists over 30 contests. Now the 24-year 24-year-old is a career 36.2% three-point shooter, which should help the Raptors' squad that was 15th in three-point shooting in 2021. Now we know that, that uh, you know Kyle Lowry didn't play as many games as uh, he would have had the Raps in winning, so maybe that number, uh, the 15th, would have been up a little bit had he been playing more. But ever since the All-Star break and the whole COVID fiasco with with the Raps, uh, they did not play shit hot. So hopefully this will help out. And as we're going to see a bunch of new faces next year, you're going to have the same core, you know, four or five guys at the starters uh, type of thing, but you
2: might Siakam might is looking to get out of there. Well,
0: see, I've heard lots of different things that he's not looking. It's just rumors. And he, you know, but at the same time, if you can go and bounce to a team, that's going to win now, why wouldn't you, right. But he really doesn't have, he's signed. He doesn't have any control over that. So
3: that's right. He's got no choice. It's,
2: yeah, he can complain like every other superstar until he gets traded.
3: I don't think he is, though. He came out and
0: said that he's,
3: it's all just rumors and he's committed to the yeah. team and the team's committed to him. And I agree. It's all that's, good. That's
0: what I heard. Yeah. So now is is Svi,
3: is uh, is he a 3D and D kind of guy? Is he like, is he Danny Green 2.0 or is he uh, just a three ball shooter? That's a good question.
0: I didn't do that much. <laughs> ever, all right, that much freaking research into SV. Uh, I hope he's got some defensive prowess to him. I mean, it would be all right if he was uh, Danny Green 2.0, uh, who actually just uh, got his uh, Raptors championship tattoo finished, which, if you didn't see it, was fucking awesome. His tattoo? his tattoo is awesome it's got you know it has Larry Bryant trophy it's got the CN tower it's got the the raptor claws marks going through it everything looks fucking awesome as you know I just as an homage to winning a championship with TO. so nice on Danny Green there and I as we Hmm. mentioned last week there uh he has waited to to get his championship ring so he's gonna get it this year coming up uh when he's back in Toronto, and I think that was, that's fucking that's cool. sweet. That was that cool. That was really cool. So, I, uh, I, give, uh, I give Danny Green some props there. Anyway, that's the Raptors report for episode 31, and we're going to just skate on into the NHL.
3: Ooh, I like that. We're skating in. So, I'm going to bury the lead a little bit here. We're going to save the big news for a little bit after this, but we're going to start with some signings. So Sean Couturier re-signs in Philadelphia for eight years, $62 million, which is $7.75 million per season. Couturier won the South Key back in 2020. And in my opinion, he's been criminally underpaid in his career up till now. He's been making, I think, 4 4.33 for the past six years. And that's coming out of his entry-level deal. So he's, his career earnings are not huge. Uh, so this is a good deal for him. Get himself paid, get himself set up. For his future, but he'll be 36 when this thing expires. I think in 2030, I believe in 2029. 20, so I don't think this deal is going to age well, because like I said, he'll be 36 when it expires. He'll be, which is an old man for the NHL and probably for the other big four sports as well. But makes sense for uh, for Philly to sign him up now if they're trying to win. But this contract might be a bit of an anchor towards the end of it.
0: He's been one of their better players so for the last handful of years, right? So for sure he has to, to pay this man is uh, is not a horrible thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it is if it hamstrings yourself.
0: Ah, uh, everybody fucking pushes the bucket down the road later, and uh, it doesn't matter whether it's hockey or football or whatever. You see more restructuring in football, and yeah, his age is gonna make it hurt a little bit, but they'll do something where it'll it'll work out in the long run. And, wow,
2: that's the thing too is they, when you're pushing it down the or kicking the can down the road hopefully the cap will expand at that point yeah quickly. exactly
3: so it doesn't hurt you as much yeah. but and in the NHL you don't restructure because it it's it's more or less all guaranteed money um but what you do have is the wonderful LTIR yeah
0: just put them on <laughs> LTIR <you'd be> <laughs> <It's laughs> same in the playoffs true. That's right, especially when he's 36 and he's probably going to yeah. be on LTIR. That's right. You just do just stay ready. You get ready for the playoffs. <laughs>
2: when when is the new CBA for
3: the NHL? Uh
0: good question. Don't know. I wonder if that'll get changed.
2: I guarantee you that's going to get changed.
1: Might might not. They've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time since they've been doing. It. Yeah,
2: I've just recently heard of this in
1: like Chicago did it like
3: before the most recent C B A negotiation. So it's not it's not a hot topic. It's
1: it's just it's a regular thing. Tampa Bay did it to fucking like, the next level. Yeah. And then that, if it does happen, it's because of them fuckers. That's yeah. all. But it's the
3: same thing has happened in the past. Just not yeah. the same they amount. Not not <laughs> as egregiously. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Andre Sveshnikov in Carolina. Signs the exact same deal as Sean Couturier's. Eight years, 62 million. So he just completed his age 20 season.
0: So this will age better.
3: This one will age better, yes. <laughs> yes, it will. If I had to pick, I might take Couturier for like one more season. I might not, though. I might take Svetch like right away. So he had this past season, he only played 55 games. Obviously, because it was a shortened season. But to compare, he was on pace. If you prorate that to 82 games, his pace would have been 22 goals and 40 assists this past season. And just to compare, Mitch Marner, when he was the same age, he had 22 goals, exact same number, and 47 assists in his age 20 season. So pretty much the same. Seven more assists. And Marner got paid $11 million, not at the same time. Even though he was a couple of years later that he got re-signed. Uh, and he broke out the next year for 94 points. So if Svechnikov can follow a similar trajectory as as Mitch Marner, which I think he definitely has a talent to do. He's a former second overall pick. This this deal could be a massive steal that the league talks about for a while. In, his, in the later years of this deal, he might be, again, another guy that's criminally underpaid at 7.7 when he should be making like 12. But he's got to reach his potential to make that happen. So I think it's a great deal on uh, Carolina's part. And obviously, Special scout gets $62 million, which is nothing to shake a stick at. So you know, it works out for everybody.
1: This is what I like with Carolina Dave. but Go ahead and continue. So
3: the big news in the NHL this week, out of Carolina, they got their sweet, sweet offer sheet revenge on the Montreal Canadiens. So they have offer sheeted Montreal's Jesperi, Kopp, Yami to a one-year $6.1 million offer. The deal includes a $20 signing bonus, 20 bucks, $20 bill. <laughs> which has significance because Sebastian Ajo, who is the Carolina player who was offer sheeted by Montreal two years ago. He is number 20. I have a challenge there. It's not two years ago. It was last year. No, I'll take you on for that. That was two years ago. That was in 2019 offseason. What are
2: we looking for? <laughs>
3: <laughs> when was Sebastian Ajo offer sheeted? So they got Sebastian Ajo was offer sheeted in either last year or two years ago. We'll find out in a sec. And the Hurricanes official Twitter feed sent out a photo of a $20 signing bonus was the photo. And their caption to that was, people don't forget. <laughs> 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 saw that too. It was pretty funny. Oh, I love, I love the Canes and the, the amount of uh, trolling that they do. It's wonderful.
2: All right. So it says on July 1st, 2019, Montreal Canadian signed Carolina's young restricted free agent Sebastian Aho to an offer sheet.
0: August of 2021. Dos euros? Euros? Anos. Dos anos. That makes more sense.
3: So, Montreal tried to get Aho by front-loading the contract, the offer that they gave him, by loading it with signing bonuses and a bunch of upfront money because they assumed that the cash-poor Hurricanes wouldn't be able to literally financially match the offer. I thought that it'd be too much actual cash money to give to them up front, and they wouldn't be able to match it. But they did. But they don't forget. <laughs> so now they have offered cheated Isferi Kakenyemi, who was a former third overall pick. and The compensation for the pick is a first- and third-round draft pick. And the value of that offer, the 6.1, is significantly more then Yemi would have got paid by Montreal if this didn't happen. He probably would have got paid in like the $2 million range somewhere, uh, assuming not a long-term extension. Because he hasn't lived up to his number three overall pick status, but he hasn't been terrible either. He's, he's sort of on that buffer right now where he could go, he could go bust and just be an okay guy, and he could still have potential to be a game-changer. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, because if you're Montreal, they can't afford them right now. So if they do match the offer sheet, they're going to have to make some moves to get salary cap compliant. They are not there right now if they match. And a first and a third round pick at this point might actually be fairly tempting for Montreal to move on from this guy, even though he's a third overall pick not too long ago. It might make a bit of sense to take the picks and run. So it'll be. They have seven days. So it'll be interesting to see. That's as of yesterday. So it'll, we'll see. Probably next episode, we'll have we'll
1: have an update on what happened here. It'll be interesting one way or another. I don't think Toronto uh, Montreal keeps them. I think he goes to the Canes for 20 bucks signing bonus.
3: <laughs> I don't think so. I think they will match. Just really? it's, that's It's bad PR, man. Your third overall pick, and you lose them to an offer sheet a couple years later that's bad VR with a $20 difference.
0: <laughs> so I think this is a, a case of Carolina saying, fuck you, Bergevin, your balls. Aren't that big. Yep. You know, he's, he's done a lot of things in the last calendar year uh, or just over that probably rubs some NHL brass the wrong way. You know, maybe with the, the previous offer sheet the all and then the throwing out there of Carey Price uh, not being protected in the expansion draft and shit like that. We obviously know because of those, you know, Bergevin's got some big fucking cojones. But I think <laughs> Carolina's saying, "Fuck you, bro. You don't have uh, as big a cojones as me." And I think uh, I think they're going to let him go. I, do. I don't think they I don't think they can afford it. it the, the moves obviously they can make some moves, and they have time to do that. I mean, he should. Bergman should say "fuck you" and sign him just uh, for that six-one, just to be like, "I still have giant fucking balls." Mm-hmm. But I just, uh, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I mean, realistically,
3: the ballsier move is to say, "Okay, you have them. Yeah, I'll take yeah. the picks.
0: for sure." But what's what's he going to do, right? Does he want the player, or is he, uh, you know, last year I think was a bit of a surprise for them to do as well as they did. So you know, does he stay on his? Uh, Prior direction, uh, before this extra good luck in the playoffs, and maybe just continue to rebuild type thing, you know. Oh, I think so. I think you, so. Like, you've lost, you know, Shea Weber, yeah. that's a big loss. You know, maybe you just maybe you take those picks and, and you on. just continue to rebuild, you know.
3: Yeah, but they also just signed Mike Hoffman to a couple years uh, deal, and he's not a spring chicken, he's like in his 30s. So, I don't but is know. Is he a
0: get-over-the-hump guy, though? Right? He could be a just a get-over-the-hump, right? He's not like it's a fucking superstar. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, next week we'll have an update we'll tell you how big Bergeron's balls are. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: just one more little anecdote on this. The press release that the Carolinas GM put out when they did this matched almost word-for-word word the press release that Montreal put out. 2 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No they did. It was it was <laughs> sweet. I saw that too. I did. Clearly intentionally just matching exactly what they said. That's just, funny. Just fuck you, bud. you
1: shoot our guys. We shoot your guys. And it's the exact same reasons. That's funny. Yeah, they said that uh, they already signed. He's already signed.
0: They did.
1: Yeah. He has signed. He signed but the opportunity. That, that's what they said about Aho.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but Aho didn't no, he did. He's like
0: giving yeah, a to the team.
3: The way offer sheets work, like offer sheets probably have a lot more than we actually know about because we only ever hear about them if the player actually signs the offer sheet. So if I offered Kevin an offer sheet to come play for my hockey team instead, you could tell me no. I'm not signing that and it would never make news. Uh-huh. But when you sign it and you say, yep, yeah, I'm going to go join your hockey team. You signed it. You're on board. You're coming to play for my team but the team that owns your rights still has a chance to match it and you don't come play for me. You stay with that.
1: So that's where we are. So that's where, like you said, that's where Montreal has seven days to either match or say, okay, it's you it's your player. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Kakenyemi has fully signed on to play with the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> for $20 bonus. Well, and six million dollars a salary. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> four million more than
0: he was going to get. So, yeah. Yeah. Of course, he's going to sign it. He's like, yeah. "Fuck yeah. yeah, I'll buy the boat." A yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking big one too. Yeah,
3: yeah. The signing bonus is just an extra little. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see how that shakes out, but uh, it's going to be a fun week of watching the news on that one. Let's talk about Jack Eichel. There was. Apparently, a significant meeting that was held a couple weeks ago between the NHL, the NHLPA, the Sabres, Eichel, and some of the medical professionals involved in this to discuss the ongoing drama of Jack's neck injury and what surgery he's going to get to correct it. I think we briefly talked about this before, but Eichel wants the artificial disc replacement in his neck, but no NHL player has ever had this surgery done before. And the team prefers an anterior cervical discectomy with fusion surgery, which, if you don't know what that means, don't feel bad. None of us do either. But apparently, there's a difference. I think basically the difference is replace the part or try to fix the part in the neck.
0: So it has nothing to do with the cervix. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <No. You said laughs> cervical. What the hell? <laughs>
1: If if they do the fusion, the fusion is going to eliminate his neck turning than it would be with actually replacing it with artificial. And that way there, you can still have, you know, full rotation of his neck. You might be right. You might not be. I don't know. (laughs) MD. No, I work with a friend who actually um, broke his neck on a trampoline and it come down to like, you know, like millimeters of him actually being paralyzed. He has his fused. And when you talk to him, you have to make sure you're on his left side because if he's on his right, he's got to basically turn around in a circle to see you because he can't turn his neck completely to the right.
2: So he's like Zoolander. He can't turn left.
1: <laughs> he <has> more... <laughs> he's not an
0: ambi-turner.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he can definitely look more off to his left side than he can off to his right side. I mean, it's just, it's just the way his neck was actually fused. So that's what I'm saying. With, I'm, in, I'm just joking. With regards to a fusion neck, you can't actually rotate or move around than you would be with a, you know, something that is artificial. I guess is what Eichel wants.
0: Yeah. There, there's got to be artificial disc replacements just it, like being done, just not with a pro athlete, right? Or at least yeah. with a hockey player. Fuck, I, I think I'd give it a go.
1: Yep. He's young. Why wouldn't you? Well, because well, you fuck
0: your career. Mike. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But if he's willing like it's like doing it's like laser eye surgery at first right if you're willing to go under the laser and give it a go and now look at laser eye surgery it's yeah you know it's near near flawless so
1: the New Nurel, York the New Orleans uh, Saints quarterback um, not Hill the other gentleman he had that done Winston and, yeah James Winston yeah he had that done to his eyes and he's, he's sitting there saying i mean throwing balls further than he did before because he can actually see further down the field <laughs> you can yeah, well, see where they're going.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see how many picks he throws this year, but oh, I, I think I'd give it a go if i Michael. And and exactly what it says here is that he wants to try it, and it's the team that's saying no dice because they're protecting their investment.
3: Yeah, that's right. And and who knows? Maybe maybe if he gets that done, and then, then he takes a cross check to the neck, and then he it fucking fails or something.
0: I mean, it could fail either way. So yeah, yeah.
3: You know,
1: who knows? We're not doctors, we don't know.
0: I mean, Kev is MD, Kev, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm only going by experience from a friend of mine who has his neck fused. Um, so in
3: the wake of all this, uh, Eichel has announced that he is changing his agent, so he's fired his agent and he's moving to Pat Person, who represents the big names. I think he represents like Sidney Crosby and McKinnon, maybe. Anyway, it doesn't matter. A bunch of big names he represents. From everything I've heard, the the agents that he had didn't do anything wrong. Like, they did exactly what Eichel wanted. I think he's just sort of trying to stir the pot here and change his agent and try and make something happen, try and get out of Buffalo, try and get the surgery done, try and just try and get movement here because nothing seems to be happening. So I think that's what this move is based on. I see it more of
1: just him leaving. He wants out.
3: We know he wants out. His agents have said that he wants out, but it's – he hasn't got out yet. So I think that's all that this is is trying to force the issue and get out. Where does he go? Who knows? I've heard already. I've heard Montreal. He's definitely not going to Toronto. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not <laughs> Toronto. No. We'll see. We'll see if realistically, I just wanted fucking something to happen here. Just want a deal to get done. And on the topic of Buffalo, there is a game scheduled between Toronto and Buffalo on March the thirteenth this coming year. And apparently if you try and buy Buffalo Sabres season tickets this year, this game, which is a home game, is not included in nice. the games that you're getting. That's get cool. In.
0: That means something special. And that means
3: something special. And what's rumored and what's likely to be announced sometime soon is that the game is likely to be between Toronto and Buffalo at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton as an outdoor game. That's awesome. amazing Let's
1: get tickets. As soon as they come available, we should be looking for tickets. Yes. I mean, no, no, most definitely an outdoor game at, at uh Timmy's yeah, I mean this is gonna be amazing if we can get into this. Yeah, when, unfortunately when we get in. Yeah, everyone else is
3: gonna be thinking the same thing, and tickets are gonna be like six hundred bucks,
1: but we'll we'll cross that bridge when
3: we get there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Has anyone gone to a outdoor game?
3: No,
0: Nope. no,
2: no, I went to an alumni game, which is pretty good fun. Kev, you would have loved it because it was all your fucking heroes. <laughs> oh yeah, man.
0: I He's probably would have liked him. it too, man. Dougie Gilmore was and it? Lanny McDonald game? probably. Lanny yeah. it,
2: it was Leafs against uh, Detroit. Nice. So. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Was that right before the
3: uh, the Leafs outdoor game? I guess it Detroit. would have. Must have, it had to Yeah, been,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah oh. It was right before. It was the day before. Yeah. It was on because uh, I think it was New Year's Eve. Was the alumni game, and New Year's Day was the actual. Yeah. Uh, Leafs and Red Wings game. That's right,
0: because I was thinking about it doing that, or or going to the, or at least watching the uh,
1: World Junior game. Show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Palmateer started that game, did he not?
2: I can't remember. It was it was a blast. I had fun time. I, I know his last name was McDonald, the goalie for Toronto, made a huge save, and he was like, I think his name was McDonald.
1: No man, <laughs> that's Palmateer. Lanny McDonald is just the mustache. Mike Palmetier did La the moustache. Did, did the double stack pad. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, anyways, there's this big goalie that made the stack the pad. Yeah, that's my Old Pumeteer, school style.
1: Mike and he, and he
3: uh
2: You should have
0: challenged him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Especially after going down three today. <laughs>
3: None of which against Jesse. No.
2: <laughs> but it was it was awesome watching that. He got hurt. He hurt his hip. On the, on the play, yeah,
0: oh, that would be a sweet game, especially, uh, you know, hoping that the border can be opened, you know, to the two more Americans and one to have some Buffalo fans come up, uh, for that game would be pretty sweet. Uh, who knows if uh, that'll be uh, fully available or not. Obviously, some will be able to, but hopefully, not so it's easier for us to get tickets.
1: Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. It was still out, anyways, man. <laughs> If Buffalo fans come over at night, yeah. But there's gonna be out. a
0: there's a lot of seats in Tim Horton's field, right? Like more than that's why they do the outdoor ones because there's more seats and it's outdoors, obviously. But right. there is,
3: but I don't think it's huge.
0: No, like no, like I don't think it's big. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a, it's not an NFL stadium with 50 plus thousand. No, but it's probably got thirty thousand, which is still ten plus more than the average NHL stadium.
3: I think I saw the number and it was in the twenties. Yeah, I don't know where it was, but twenty somewhere. Either way. That's not significantly more than an NHL rink. It's more yeah it's more
0: Yeah. typical is like 20k for an NHL rink so yeah yeah but I mean you're outdoors you know you get the sun and that's you know pretty cool that way and yeah and I mean at least it'd be better than going to an outdoor game like at the big house when they uh, they did the, the big game at uh, Michigan Stadium like mm-hmm. you could have been sitting at the back where there's a hundred thousand people in that stadium you're not gonna see anything. The, the puck is not even a. There's not a chance you see the puck. <laughs>
1: like, Bring you can out the, see the
0: fucking players, let alone the puck. So <laughs> at least with only twenty five thousand or less than thirty thousand, say yeah, uh, at Tim Hortons Field, you're a bit closer. So yeah, and I mean for us, uh, be more about the drinking. Man,
3: I bet you though. I bet you that game in the
0: big house that would have been a fucking blast. Oh, Fuck yeah, man, one hundred percent.
1: Whether you can see it or not.
0: Yep. 100%. Just the tailgating
1: would be fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. We're going to get into our women's hockey championship, I guess, since we just got off the nice little outdoor game hockey.
0: Nice segue.
1: We have our uh, prior up to our uh, semifinals. We had Team Canada beat Germany 7 nothing. But yeah. Germany's never scored on Canada, Team Canada, for quite some time. I mean, they've shut them out basically the whole entire time they've ever played them. Yeah. We had the uh, <laughs> Finns beat the, um, the Czechs, one nothing. We had USA beat Japan, 10-2, no surprise. We had uh, Sweden beat the um, ROC, 3-2. Uh, two two goals for Japan against USA is fucking solid. Though. It was huge. It was huge for them, No, for sure. I mean, Japan. I mean, it's great they actually made it to that preliminary, I guess. But two goals is pretty impressive on the USA. So then on Monday with the semifinals, we have Canada will be playing the Sweden. Or sorry, Switzerland, my apologies. And the USA will be playing Finland. So we could actually see ourselves with a USA-Canada final. Does that surprise you? We always do, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always surprising, but Canada hasn't won in quite some time in the Women's uh, World Championship. So, I mean, they beat USA the last time they played them in this tournament. They beat them, uh, what, five to one. Yeah, dominated
0: them. Don't you worry. Natalie Spooner has got this under control. She's going to fucking just score four goals and take the game herself.
1: Yeah. Oh, they, they got a bunch of youngins out there that can actually do some uh, damage as well. It's quite, quite impressive. I can actually see them winning this. I mean, against the U.S. Uh, I I see them winning this regardless of where they play. So it's going to be a great game. And uh, going into our crappy football league, it's uh, the first that we've had the uh, vid actually get involved in this uh, crappy football league. There is uh, Toronto uh, and Edmonton we supposed to play, which did not uh, happen because 12 players were tested positive for the vid. Uh, the Edmonton uh, Elks, um, they updated their uh, team's recent outbreak. According to Wednesday, they do have 12 players that um, are tested positive. Uh, the last few tests that they have done, which have come up negative. So hopefully this will stop the uh, vid going through the crappy football league. There's nothing worse than having games postponed and try to be remade, except
0: that they've test. There's 12 people that have tested positive since they returned their game in BC, yeah. Which could mean that there's a bunch of BC Lions players that are potentially infected. Could so be. maybe it won't end shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I don't know what's going on with the BC Lions though in regards if they've been testing since the teams that uh, the Elks have played, um, but they have played since and they beat Ottawa uh 24 to 12 and we had the uh hamilton beat montreal 27 10. and then we have the calgary winnipeg game which is actually starting right now or has started since uh seven o'clock so that game could possibly be over or close to uh so going on to the, our east we have toronto still on top with four points that's right jesse it's points not games. yeah um uh, we have Hamilton and Ottawa. Montreal are all tied with two. And that is uh, going on in the East Division. And then so on in the West Division. We have Saskatchewan without a loss so far this year. Six points. Uh, Winnipeg, four points. BC, four. And Edmonton and Calgary roll up the back with two points each. So That's, I the, just-
2: that's the problem with
1: the Canadian Football League is
2: Say it doing, right, bud. Why are they doing Say it right, it? Jesse.
1: Crappy Football League. Say it right. <laughs> I am saying it right. No, you said CFL, Crappy Football League. <laughs> crappy Football League.
2: Professionally, it's it, it's Canadian. It's
3: crappy. Crappy, not shooting.
2: Anyways, it's weird that they use points when it, you would think they would just use winning percentage.
0: Yeah, it is kind of goofy because there's no like there's no ties.
1: No there is ties there. There is ties. They don't I'll. play
0: it's not like the NFL where they play to a to a winner. They
2: I thought they did overtime like kind of like the NCAA. But I think be, maybe maybe it's this here because of the vid, but I thought they originally did overtime uh where it wasn't timed it was just you had to go a certain length. But I think in the playoffs it changes where you do have to go. It is timed at that point. But I I could be wrong. But it it's it just seems weird that they would do points. Like they're trying to make this too too much like the NHL having points. I think it should be just winning percentage. That was that that's all I was just saying about the points. It just seems silly because there's 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 not there's not a lot of games. So why even bother at have points?
1: Because it's the crappy football league.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we do have week five matchups. And we have our uh, Toronto facing Hamilton, Montreal at Ottawa, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Calgary, and BC with the bot. Because again, there's only nine players, nine teams. And I think this year they're, they're saying that the um, Eight of them are going to make the playoffs. One of them is we will not. So, again, pretty crappy. Going on to golf, um, we had the BMW going on, and it looks like uh, we have Patrick uh, Cantley actually won it against uh, Bryson DeChambeau with a uh, would you say Josh? It was I like guess six six hole playoff. Six hole playoff, yeah. Awesome. That's awesome to see six, you know, something like that. But yeah, um, Cantley finished off with minus 27. 27 on ball. So that's going to put up um, the next um, round, tournament. Is only going to have at least 30 players only into that one because this is that uh, FedEx Cup championship in total. So that's going to be an interesting uh, next rounds or what next Thursday. Uh, UFC fight night. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Uh, Giaga Ciccades. Ciccades. Sure. I appreciate that, Pedro.
3: Chickadees. Maybe that's a bit too Italian. I was going
2: (laughs) to (laughs) say, he went New Jersey
3: quick (laughs) on that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did rack up another impressive finish. Uh, He defeated um, Edson Bardoza by a TKO in the third round. As the uh, featherweight late uh, headliner, uh, it's not like um like a fight. It's not like a big UFC, but it's you know they give out these um, up and coming, which is it's it's pretty decent. But it wasn't like a knockout that I like. It was a referee stopper like stopped it. So, eh. but a win's a win. Knockout's a knockout. And uh, speaking of the uh, knockouts, our uh, little league World Series is all finished and done. We had Ohio and Michigan. Uh, They faced one another, and Michigan comes out on top with a 5 2 victory. Boom. Little little guys. Unbelievable. Book Ohio.
0: Book Ohio. Boom. Michigan.
1: So it's good to see this. I think, again, guys, I've uh, come next year. We got to figure out when this thing actually starts and get involved into this little pool double elimination. 100%.
0: Just so everybody knows, uh, Jesse and I are Michigan Wolverine fans and Boo! is an Ohio shit fan. Ohio, Man, that's, that's why we're Fuck cheering us. on doing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Michigan doesn't usually get the cheer about beating Ohio
1: ever, so. No, not as of late. That's for fucking sure. Well, Boo! there's a, a couple 11 and 12 year olds jumping up and down as well as uh, the fathers and such. Just I think the parents are partying more than the kids are, but get on to the Michigan winning. What to go little guys? Good. So we're going to get into our penalty boxes here, I guess, guys. And I guess we're going to start with Pedro. Want to lead us off? Might as well. Keeping it on the theme of baseball, but at the big league level.
3: And with our Blue Jays. And what they allowed to happen against the Tigers. Boo! Yeah, boo for sure. So the Tigers hit an inside the park home run against the Blue Jays on Friday. And so the Blue Jays are in my penalty box for allowing that to happen.
1: Game winning inside the home run, inside the park home run, I should say. Sorry, let's, let's put it this way. It's a little league <laughs> home run, right?
0: <laughs> it's
1: definitely a slow ball Well push done.
3: Run. <laughs> so Victor Reyes is pinch hitting in the eighth inning of Friday's game. He hit. Uh, he hit a driver out to center field and Josh Palacios missed a diving catch for it, tried to run up underneath it and catch it, but he missed. And so the ball rolled past him right to the wall. Uh, Palacios was out of the play at that point. Arias slid into safety at home uh, under Simeon's high relay throw and was safe for the Go ahead, 2-1 lead. It's Reyes. First, go ahead. Reyes, what did I say? You said Reyes. Whatever, dude. Reyes.
0: <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so first, go ahead, pinch hit inside the Parker in, uh, I think, for the Tigers in the MLB since 1961. Or is it in the entire uh, MLB? It's in the entire MLB. Since 1961, first, Go ahead. The first pinch. go-ahead pinch hit, pinch hitter, inside the park home run, since nineteen sixty-one. That's right. Wow. wow. And uh, just the second Tiger ever to hit a pinch hit inside the park. How can there be another Tiger to do in nineteen seventy-six? No one's done since nineteen sixty-one. Is it was go-ahead
0: run, right?
3: Ah, go ahead. Like you, you, gotcha. pinch like you said, just Jessica, like the game winner. The tiger,
0: gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a walk-off. Do your fucking research, bro.
3: <laughs> it's, it's almost like I stole this research from somebody else. No, oh, that would never happen. Uh, so, like I said, just the second Tiger ever to hit a pinch hit inside the park home run since Ben Ugly in 1976. So, Blue Jays in my box for allowing a go-ahead inside the park home run to a pinch hitter to lose the game against the Tigers, which they very much need to win if they have any playoff aspirations at all, which I don't think they do at this point. They almost
2: added that that seventh sweep there if they got that.
0: Yeah. Like, hell of an effort by Palacios to go for it, but there are times, and this is the time when – you know, it's a tight game and you need to keep the ball in front of you to prevent extra base hits and so on and so forth. This is when you let it bounce, you play it safe and you keep them at first, maybe second, you know, and then this, this run doesn't score and you carry on with the inning and hope you can get out of it. So it's uh he's a young dude, Palacios, and he will definitely have learned from this. Um, but I do I do acknowledge that he put a hell of an effort into catching this ball just to jump by him and it's too bad. Yeah. For sure.
3: So Josh, who's in your penalty box?
0: All right. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to a four-star football recruit or a football player in, uh, in the U S he lives in San Diego. He's out of Lincoln high school. His name is Jaleel Tucker And he is or was about to announce his decision to where he'd be committed to play football in college. Obviously, they do that thing on TV in the U.S. because college football is fucking massive. So they need to find out who these high school kids are, uh, where they're going to play. So a TV interviewer talks to Jaleel Tucker's dad and asks him, you know, something to the effect of, you know, how do you feel about uh, or what what your, what your son's going to choose and where he's going to go, so on and so forth. Jaleel Tucker's father says, I'm happy for him. He's a good kid. He's lazy, but he's a good kid. And I know he's going to represent Oregon well. Oh. That's when <laughs> Jaleel's dad immediately knew he messed up as Jaleel had not made the announcement yet that he was going to be playing for Oregon. So he totally fucking blew it. Letting everybody know. Now, I'm sure it wasn't much longer when Jaleel was going to say, hey, I'm going to play for the Ducks. But still, you know, you, you got to leave that announcement to your son and not blow it. You had one job. Don't say Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> and he said Oregon. So, Jaleel Tucker's dad, you're in my box for blowing your son's uh, college announcement where he's going to play. I had uh, for calling him lazy. Yeah, I for calling him Yeah, Especially as a football player, right? Like. <laughs> You definitely don't want your dad calling you lazy. He's like, well, he's a little bit lazy. He's not going to run those suicide drills. It's so.
2: negative <laughs> reinforcement. He wants them to do better. It's not like – I get he's saying it to the media, which isn't the smartest thing because they obviously <laughs> pick <laughs> words out that highlight them in, in uh, their articles. But I I see it as he's how he sees his kid. He's a hard ass on him, I guess. and He, he sees him as lazy.
0: Now, this was on live TV, so there isn't going to be much editing when it comes to his dad saying that he was lazy. It's going to be taken in context of, of what he's saying, but uh but I thought I just thought it was pretty funny. Way to way to blow your kid's first big yeah. football announcement. You know, you've you've worked your ass off through high school and you're gonna to commit to a college team, and dad fucking blows it by saying you're going to the ducks before you can.
1: That's something I think I would have done. Yeah, fucking right you would have.
0: <laughs> for sure. So Jaleel Tucker, your, your dad's in my box because uh you gotta save that shit for your son.
2: It's it's still funny though. Like just yeah, for, from now on, it's just be like I'm not telling dad shit now. Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> for sure.
2: He's gonna get he, kept in the dark.
0: Remember all those secrets you told your dad? Yeah, you're not telling him anymore. <laughs>
1: all right, Kev, tell me who's in your box. Well, I have a uh Javier Baez. Javier. Javier Baez. It's J, like a, like a jalapeno. Yeah, like a jalapeno. It's an H. It's, an H. it's yeah. an H. Come on. Well, I got him in there. Now, guys, I mean, I I, I don't like booing in regards to, the, you know, professional sports because I'm not out there doing it. I mean, I'm not one to sit there and say I'm any better than what this gentleman is, but there are fans that do.
0: I like booing the other team.
1: Yeah. But not like like it's Michigan. your home team.
0: Boom. No, not your own team. So this is what... I mean, unless to... they really, really... Stop. Yeah, like, I, I can't say
2: I would never do it, but, like, if I was sure. loaded and he fucks up big time, I'm probably going to do something like that.
1: Oh, show. <laughs> well, I mean, if, I, if I'm in an atmosphere where it's all happening, I'm sure I'm going to, you know, boo as well then, I guess. Not...
0: Kev's a follower. See? So <laughs> not, not as loud <laughs> as <laughs> If we're booing, Kevin's going to boo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be <laughs> so so comes A peer pressure
1: there. like that. <laughs> but regardless, this uh, Baez gentleman... Uh, said uh, the Mets are using the thumbs-down celebration after big hits to send messages to um, spectators who have booed him and his teammates. Come on, bud. You're you're, you're a pro. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing that at all to your fans. Your fans are out there paying you money to sit there and do this. Don't be booing them. Yeah, I don't like this at all, man. No. You're in my box for being stupid. I mean, respect the fans. They they pay your paycheck, and in regards to that, you know well, the Mets uh,
2: suck right now, anyways. So like, they have no right. reason to be even like doing this shit. So it's quite like you said. It's they're professionals. It's very childish, and and as much as the fans are booing you, like it's New York. Like, get over it. This is yeah. this is New York. Like they yeah. they give everybody shit if you're not doing well. So. And for you to do that back, it just makes you sound very whiny. Yep.
0: And you'd think that Baez would figure that out, being that he spent most of his career so far, at least in Chicago, who aren't much easier on players than the New York fans. So, you know, like, suck it up. You, you shit the bed. If you guys aren't playing at a 600 fucking level winning games, you're going to get fucking booed. And if you're not hitting at a 250, So you should get fucking booed as a pro fucking hitter. Like, you know, not not that these guys are or aren't. I'm just using that as an example. Like, you're a pro. You know, we pay good money to go to a game and to boo whoever the fuck we want, whether it be the opposite team or you, our team, if you're shitty,
1: you know? Yep. No, be a pro. Don't be doing that to your fans. You're going to, you know, like, just stupid. So, Jess. Follow up with you there,
2: big guy. Who you got in your box? So I got Everson Griffin, who recently signed back with the Minnesota Vikings. Now he's in my box for calling Kirk Cousins ass back in January. And now he's signed back with the team. And uh, he says that he has apologized to Cousins. But this guy's in my box because he needs to be prepared to not ruin relationships like this and have to backtrack on this because I'm sure Cousins was not happy that he was signed.
3: <laughs> I wonder how that apology went. <laughs> like, hey, I'm sorry that I called you ass in public, but don't be such ass. Like, try to be better out there.
1: You know, yeah, be better. Be better. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: on that too, he later said that uh, Mike Zimmer didn't even want Kurt Cousins in a tweet, too. So it's. Now he's had uh, mental health issues before, so he's kind of a little unstable too. But like someone, if you are have or if you do have mental health issues and stuff like that, you gotta have someone like be checking your tweets. Like don't be just sending them willy nilly like this. Like like I, I I don't think Cousins is that great of a quarterback, but he's still a starting quarterback and he's still. Puts up decent numbers. Like, he's not ass. There's no, there, he, he's just not that.
0: I mean, it's definitely a good thing that they play on different sides of the ball. Because there's no way if Griffin was an offensive player, he was getting the ball. No fucking <laughs> chance. Like, all year. <laughs> oh, sorry. Not. I sailed that one over your head by 45 feet. My bad. He, be you waving. Didn't, look, he didn't look open. He he's he's look wide <laughs> open. He's not, <laughs> waving. He's not, <laughs> not
1: getting the ball, bud.
2: Well, I'm thinking like in practice because they play, he plays on the defensive end. he will uh, do the old longest yard and throw it as nuts or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Anyways, that's why I Everson Griffin's in my box because he needs to make sure he doesn't ruin his relationship, all of his relationships because he didn't play well. I believe he played with, he was signed by Dallas and also played with Detroit last year. So. He's not playing for good teams. So that's, he was happy to be back with Minnesota and with Zimmer, but definitely had to apologize to Kurt.
0: All right, gents. We had a few big challenges today. Pete, why don't you recap us?
3: Well, recap is day did not go well for Pete or Kev. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kev's used to that, but it's yeah. okay. It's a bad day, bad day for me. <laughs> But uh so I lost one off to start machine thrown at
0: Kev.
3: We still love you though. We still love you. It's okay. No, no, no. Uh I thought Jesse was talking about the Jaguars. I mentioned a comment about the AC South, they were talking about the Eagles and the FC East for fuck's sakes. I lost a point on that. Uh the Orioles 19 game lose streak. Kev gave a point to Josh. Gave him a point on that one.
0: <laughs> yep.
3: Thank you. Uh, me and Kev both lost a point on how many sweeps the Jays have had this season. They've had six. We said two and 3 They're both wrong. And Kev lost a point. Oh, fuck. I gained a point on that one. Son of a bitch. Look at that. <laughs> Uh, So, Kev lost one to me on the Sebastian Ajo offer sheet, which happened two years ago, not one year ago. So, that brings our season and episode totals. So, Peter dropped by one today to go down to plus five. Kevin dropped by three, rough day for Kev, to go down to minus 11. Jesse increased his lead by one to go up to plus 10. Double Boom. digits. Double On some fucking digits. bullshit. It was some fucking bullshit anyway. <laughs> and Josh is coming back, approaching zero. Uh, got one to get to minus three. And that's how we did today.
2: Peter, I'm double your score.
3: Yeah, but you're also a <laughs> bitch, so it's Okay. <laughs> Today, I'm bud. coming for you. Not today. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop saying anything at all about the NFL. <laughs> and I'm going to come back. Don't you worry. No more washer-toss <laughs> Oh,
0: come on. All right, Kev. Tell me how your uh,
1: crazy Canuck lager was. It was amazing, man. I think it's pretty decent having the uh, beaver on the front with some tongs and, you know, some cooking utensils. Pretty pretty cool. Four point eight percent. Are they cooking a beaver? No, man, he's holding on the tongs and shit. So
3: the beaver is cooking.
1: Yeah. No, but I think beaver. I think we eat beaver up here.
0: I mean we eat <laughs> beaver <for
1: shallow. laughs> <laughs> num. It's straight out of Waterloo, which is decent, which is you know, as local as local could be. I mean, I, I enjoy it. And I liked it.
2: Is it part of like the crazy Canuck uh... I think they do like a food truck as well. Yes, sir. Is it the same kind of company? I guess it would have sure. to. Oh, that's cool.
1: No, it is definitely decent. We've been there several times, the wife and I. And uh, I've had a couple of these while I've been there and figured I'd just grab some. Pedro, how was your drink, sir?
3: Yeah, thanks, Kev. My uh, Inukshuk IPA from Magnata Brewery was was good. Kev, I know you would have hated it because it's got that strong IPA taste to it. Ah. <laughs> but uh, I like it. I don't mind a, a nice strong IPA. It's a good beer. I would have it again. Jesse, how was your drink?
2: Good. The Arm Citra dry
3: hopped pale ale
2: it was super tasty. A little sour, but the second one that one went down real nicely from uh, Reinhardt brewing
1: as they usually do the second one's always the better one
2: yeah yeah, yeah. you get used to it and then, and then you just figure out the rest of the tastes that become very very good yosh how's your bottle
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh <love it> <laughs> All right, gents, my my bottle of uh, Team Canada White 2018 from Pilotary Estates Winery right out of Niagara-on-the-Lake was fucking great. I did drink the whole fucking bottle. Uh, it was very tasty, you know, a dollar donation to every uh, bottle sold to uh, Team Canada, and uh, it was good. It was nice to change it up a bit, you know, um, 11.5%, so I easily kicked your asses on the uh, alcohol content today um and probably quantity as the whole fucking bottle's gone but uh, i enjoyed i enjoyed the flavor i enjoyed the alcohol content i'm having a good fucking night uh, i only got plus one on the points which i was a little disappointed about i should have probably challenged a few more times but i was a little worried about losing that plus one and i need as many plus ones as i can get right now but uh but the wine was great drinks were great
2: i think you should roll in with a ball every time and you're you're already doing better than when you don't have a bottle
0: I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. So, uh, whatever winery wants to sponsor, <laughs> I'll drink a bottle of your wine and give me a couple of weeks, and maybe I'll even fucking down a magnum uh, in the two hours of recording here. Then I'll be really fucked up.
3: We got to uh, we got to get Jesse a sponsorship with some uh, 151 rum or something.
0: Oh Jesus. <laughs> well, we would like him to, to make it through the entire fucking episode. So. let's well,
3: speak for yourself. That'd be, <laughs> fun. That'd be fine.
0: Hey, he can't challenge if he's fucking passed out. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. We
3: got to find that line where he's incoherent <laughs> but still awake. That's
0: right. Okay, so for everyone here at Points and Penalties, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay, stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box. box.